Well, uh, these guys are going to come up and share their testimonies. And, uh, you know, I was the first service is just so powerful. I don't know how many I don't know how many teen challenge choirs I've been a part of. I mean, hundreds, I would imagine. But uh, and it, it never, never gets old. It never gets old to hear of the power of the gospel when it invades people's lives, it doesn't matter what's happened. It doesn't matter. You know, you, you hear the things people have gone through and the struggles. You know, and people say, you know, if, the, if there is a God, why doesn't he answer prayers? And my response is, every prayer you've ever prayed and every prayer you will ever pray has been answered on the cross. He did answer prayers by sending Jesus Christ to die in our place, to set us free from sin and death and self. And so I just want to take a few minutes because, you know, we, 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 we can hear testimonies from other people and, and we can be moved emotionally and we, and we can be touched and somehow we can still think that that's not for us. We can still think somehow that, well, that, that's for them and then that, that's different and that's not for us. Of course, we know that that's a lie from the enemy. And so I pray that each of us would consider the, the, this question. My, my little devotional, I'm going to be real brief, is are you learning from him? That's the question I want to ask. It's not, it's not for your neighbor or your spouse or for your children. You're not here just to hear the Teen Challenge guys. The question I'm asking you, the question I believe Scripture asks each of us is, are you learning from Him? And so before, you know, before I, I was trying to figure out what to share and I was praying and, and, and really just meditating and thinking on, on Scripture, and, and, and I recognized that I wanted to talk a little bit about Jesus' invitation in Matthew 11, verse 28 and 29. I want to focus on 29. But we, we, we say that a lot. We've heard that a lot. Come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest for your soul. And you're going to hear testimonies from these guys, and I'm sure you're here. And maybe you're weary. And weariness, that's, that's a word that it's not, you're not just a little tired. Weary is you are physically and emotionally and you, in every way you're just exhausted. You're just tired of fighting. You're done. And so Jesus, to each of us, he says, come to me with that. Submit that. Give that to me. And I'm going to give you rest. And so that's what I want to talk about. And as I was thinking, I realized I learned a lot of things in Teen Challenge. I learned a lot of things. So the first thing I learned is living in community is, is not easy. Right? You can say you love your neighbor. <laughs> I say, Jesus, when, like, who is your neighbor? The guy you live with. That's your neighbor. That's what should have been that parable, right? But I learned what it's like to live in community. You know, the New Testament was written to small communities of believers. So I've said before, Teen Challenge is, is the, the most accurate representation I've ever seen of a New Testament church being lived out. I was talking to one of the guys this morning. You can't pause. If you're, you're in the program, people say, well, how long is the program? And we like to say it's the rest of your life. The program is being a disciple of Jesus, and that's the rest of your life. And so these guys don't have a chance to be like, pause, I'm not in Teen Challenge right now. It's like a kid, you close your eyes. You know, I always laugh. You look at kids when they're shy, they close their eyes like you disappear, right? It's like you, you can pretend, I'm not in Teen Challenge. I don't want to be here. Like we have those times, I don't want to be, a, I don't, I'm not a Christian right now. But it's day in, day out. It's 24-7. It's taking Jesus' yoke upon us, and that's what we're going to talk about. You know what else I learned? No matter how different our backgrounds are, no matter how different our upbringing, no matter how different our sin and struggles are, we still have sin and struggle. We're still human. There's a lot more that unites us than divides us. We're a lot more alike in that each of us try to find purpose and meaning apart from Christ. In the world... And in what people tell us about ourselves, we all we're all going on this journey, and we we've talked about it. You can ground it in, in the first three chapters of Genesis. Something's wrong, and we spend our whole lives trying to make something right. And the something wrong is sin, and the only cure is Christ. And we can try 
you know, we said before a couple weeks ago, wealth, women, and wine, right? You see it in Ecclesiastes. There's no new sin. It's power and prestige and getting your identity through that. It's, you know, chemicals and changing your, or it's, it's relationships and, you know, and that whole thing. But there's no new sin under the sun. An interesting thing, and I've said before, that, that sin is a cheap substitute for something better God has for us. So there's nothing wrong with significance. There's nothing wrong with resources. There's certainly nothing wrong with relationships. There's nothing wrong with success. But it is, it, it is wrong to live with that priority being self instead of leveraging all those things for Jesus. Whatever he gives us is for us to give back to him in service. And so I learned that Jesus is so gracious with us. And I learned about perseverance. And I learned this message is for Israel because if you notice, I keep saying, I learned, I learned, I learned. Now, let me tell you, I wasn't always a learner. In fact, I'm naturally a speaker. I, I talk more than I listen. I know that's hard to believe. I still talk too much. My wife will tell you. So I always talked, and I said, and I knew, and I did. And then I went to Teen Challenge, and see, it's really easy, and I'm going to try to be brief, but it's really easy when you think all your problems is drugs, right? Oh, yeah, I'm a, you know, I'm a drug addict. Once that goes away, I'm going to be great. And then God takes the drugs away, and you're like, oh, wait a minute. I'm a selfish jerk without the drugs. <laughs> I just thought that was my problem. You know what my problem is? Me. My heart is my problem. And so I learned when, when James says everybody, everybody, that includes me. I'm, I'm in everyone. doesn't say most people. Everybody should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I wonder if half the stuff we got angry about is because we weren't listening to begin with, right? That's a whole nother sermon. See, this verse not only gives us wise instruction, but it points as followers of Jesus, the way to spiritual growth is to live a life marked by patience. To listen. To be teachable. To trust. Psalm 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. The NASB translates that cease striving. Cease striving and know that I am God. Which, as Americans, cease striving sounds like stop trying. No, you, what do you mean? You're supposed to strive. Stop trying. Be still and know that I am God. Recognize the limits of what you can do. Stop talking so much. Listen. Listen. Be teachable. Jesus' invitation to his followers is to repent, which doesn't just mean I want you to think differently. doesn't just mean I want you to, to answer questions on a test differently. It means I want you to turn away from everything you think you know and maybe everything you've done your whole life, and I want you to follow me. I want you to live different. You know, we just sang as I was sitting up there, here I am, God, arms wide open. I mean, that song wouldn't be the same. Here I am, God, completely close to everything you want to do with me, and I'm going to leave here the same way I walked in. Joy. But when we sing that, here I am, Lord, arms, arms wide open, heart wide open, pouring out my life, gracefully broken. I, was, I'm, I'm, I promise I won't take time, but we're, we're, I was just thinking as I was, as I was sitting here and I was reflecting and, and Eight months in the Teen Challenge program. This is eight months in the Teen Challenge program, and I don't have a place for this in my theology, okay? So when you put God in a box and you determine how he does things, when eight months in the program, they had a guy from Puerto Rico come from Teen Challenge, and he didn't speak any English. His name was Wesley, and he was in the program. And a good friend of mine, Jose, was in the program. And I was about eight months in, and my... My son was there, my wife was there, and, and my kids were visiting me, and, and my son is very much uh, more like my wife. He's very reserved, and he's very quiet, and he was probably seven at the time, and we didn't have like an altar at our church. You know, we didn't, that, you know, you just prayed where you were, and so he sees everybody praying. My son, seven years old, sees everybody praying, and he says, Dad, I want to pray, and so I said, well, okay, I mean, we can pray here. And he's like, no, I want to go up there and pray. And I was just like, in that moment, in my head, 
I'm like, I don't know what you're doing right now, God, but keep doing it. And so we walk up, my son and I, and we're praying. He's seven years old, and we're at the altar. I'm eight months in the program. I'm probably barely holding on, right? And, uh, and we're up there, and we're praying, and after a few minutes, I said, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go sit down. And he said, and I'm going to stay up here. So, all right, this is completely crazy. So I go back, and I'm looking at my wife, and I don't know what's happening. And, and so the service ends, and I'm still kind of wondering what this was. And then Jose comes running up to me with this guy, Wesley, from Puerto Rico. And he said, uh, Wesley was praying to God. And he has a word for you. Now, if, if I'm honest, when somebody says that, I'm a little skeptical. I'm like, oh, okay, all right, well, I got, I got the word, but okay. And so through the translator, Wesley says, I was praying and God said, open your eyes. And, uh, and he said, and I'm just telling you what happened so you can, you can figure out what to do with this. And he said, I opened my eyes and I saw you and you were praying with your son. Now, he's saying this through a translator, this guy, Wesley. And I can tell my, my friend, Jose, is translating it. So this guy, Wesley, I mean, his eyes are locked with me, man. And I don't have, all I knew is that normally this would freak me out, and it wasn't freaking me out. And so that was kind of freaking me out. And he looked at me, and he said, God told me to tell you that you're going to pastor a church someday. And he said this specifically. With your family. That's what he said to me. I wasn't even, Pastor, I was, like, I was, I was barely walking with Jesus. There was no, there was no, anybody looked and said, well, I can see that. They would have been like, that guy's going to end up in jail. <laughs> I had friends after the program, they're like, I saw you walk in. You had, like, a black leather jacket with cowboy boots. I was like, this guy's not going to make it two days. But God. And I say that, and I wasn't going to share it, but I'm sitting in that seat. And I'm looking, and I'm watching my daughter lead us in worship. And my wife play a piano, and my whole family, like, this is all my family. And I'm watching us, and we get to do this, church. Amen. And it begins, for each of us, with surrendering ourselves to Jesus. And so I'm just going to quickly read the one scripture that I want to leave you with which is Matthew eleven twenty nine, And Jesus says this, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. I believe this is the heart of, of the gospel. I believe that Jesus' invitation to each one of us is to take my yoke, and we think that that's a burden, and Jesus is saying, it is a burden not to take my yoke. It is a burden to be fighting against me. And so if you look in the scriptures, and we don't have time, and I'm not going to do it now, but if you read in Matthew chapter 11, in the, in, the, in the verses before that, he was warning the unrepentant people, the people had, who had seen most of the miracles, the people who were where Jesus did most of his ministry, they saw the most, and they still weren't repentant. They still didn't want to turn away. And so Jesus says, as opposed to the religious system, which is every other way of thinking, that you got to do this, you got to do that, you have to keep this burden. Jesus says, if you take my yoke upon you, if you're willing to learn from me, you're going to find rest for your souls. You're going to be centered and have joy and peace and purpose and meaning that surpasses understanding. And so I say that to say that as these guys come up here, and as they share their testimony, and as you hear about the power of Jesus Christ to change lives, I want you to recognize that that's not just for them, and it's not just for drugs. That Jesus Christ came to set each one of us free from sin and free from death, and that he wants to do in your life the same thing he continues to do in the lives of so many others. And so as these guys come up and share, remember like David said, taste and see for yourself that the Lord is good. Because what God is doing in and through each of these men, 
he wants to do in each one of your lives. If you're here, he wants to do the same thing. And so you say, I want my life to be a powerful testimony to God's grace and mercy, then surrender. Then it begins by saying, here I am, Lord, use me. Amen. How we doing today? I know I said this at the first service, but you guys are truly honored and blessed to have such a man of God, um, a family of God, right? Really good church. So I want to thank you, Pastor Brian, Becca, your wife, Pastor Jamie, wherever he, where do you take off to? Right there, and Stacy. Thank you so much for having us here. Um, thank you, Church Family Christian Fellowship Center. Um, it is truly an honor and a blessing to, uh, to partner with you guys. Um, and today we just want to fellowship. Uh, my name is Matthew Corbin. I'm 30 years old, and I am the church services coordinator here at Adult and Teen Challenge in Brockton, Mass. Um, God saved my life um, from a five-year fentanyl addiction. And before that um, was everything else under the sun. Um, and as of June 5th, um, I walked through the doors of Teen Challenge uh, broken. I didn't know it was gracefully broken at the time, um, but I was broken. And God has shown me a way, and I just passed two years clean and sober Amen. on the fifth. Yes. So Adult and Teen Challenge is a ministry. It's a 10 to 12 month Christian discipleship program. He's got a tough punch. I see him. Uh, Adult and Teen Challenge is a 10 to 12 month Christian discipleship program, and we do specialize with men, women, and teenagers that struggle with uh, drug addictions, alcoholism, and other life controlling issues. Um, there are a few things that we offer at our Brockton campus um, that are unrivaled and aren't necessarily offered everywhere else, um, but we do have vocational trainings. Um, we have clinical counseling as well. Uh, we have two licensed clinical counselors on staff. Um, and everybody that works in leadership has graduated from the program of Adult and Teen Challenge. So we have a unique experience to be able to help the men that come behind us, and that's what we're called to do, um, is help the next one that's struggling as well. Um, we allow the guys, um, month by month, we have a, a rigorous uh, curriculum full of Bible scriptures, uh, scripture memorizations. Um, we take notes on Bibles. We, we read uh, Christian books, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, you turn it in on a monthly basis. So it teaches you time management, um, discipline, um, perseverance. Um, because most of us, once we left school, you know, that was it. I know I didn't want to continue reading. And, uh, you know, God actually brought back my remembrance. He brought back my memory, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, God has been very kind to me. I'm so honored and blessed to be a part of this ministry. Amen. And... Uh, To call these guys my brothers, I, I would say they're my friends, but they're more than that. They're my brothers. And uh, I will stand by them and fight any day of the week. Um, so today you guys are going to hear some testimonies of freedom, testimonies of deliverance, um, testimonies of a good, gracious, kind, and loving father uh, who came down and saved each one of us. And he has so much in store for each one of you as well. Um, so if you guys would please rise and stand with us. We're going to get our squats in today. We're going to be up and down a little bit. Um, but this first song that we're going to sing is called Graves in the Gardens. Um, and it says, at the beginning, it says that I searched the world and it couldn't fill me. A man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough. So please sing along with us. It'll make us sound so much better. A man's empty brain 
nothing is better than you. Okay. All right. There I am. All right. So uh, first of all, thank you for having us, church. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, so my name's Cody. I'm 31 years old. Uh, I'm from Florida. I spent 27 years down there. Um, I just moved up here about eight months ago. Um, so my story started out young. Uh, I was molested as a child. Um, so I grew up hating the world. I grew up hating myself. Um, at the age of 10, I found alcohol and uh, marijuana. Um, by the age of 13, I was a full-blown alcoholic, and I found prescription pills for the first time. Um, I was raised by my mother um, in a very low-income neighborhood, so I didn't have any guidance. I didn't have any, anybody to show me the way. Uh, she did the best she could with me. Um, at the age of 15, um, I had a best friend. We lived next door to each other uh, for a few, probably about seven to eight years. Uh, his mom was my mom. My mom was his mom, that type of thing. Um, I actually watched her shoot herself. Um, she ended up dying, obviously, um, and that um, put me and my best friend on a, on a vicious run, and uh, it just continued. Everything that ever happened in my life, um, I ran to drugs, alcohol. I hated feeling emotions. I hated feeling anything at all, to be honest with you. Um, at the age of 17, me and my mom lost her house. I moved in with my grandma, and um, within a year, my, my grandma passed away, my brother-in-law passed away. So then again, I turned to drugs and alcohol. I ran um, from everything. Um, at the age of 24, um, I met my kid's mother. Uh, I had my first boy. And, um, you know, some things had happened there. We had ended up splitting up and um, got back together. And uh, for some reason, she continued to have kids with me. So, But I have four beautiful little boys uh, that are in Florida. Um, I always tried to be there for them. Because I didn't have a dad, I didn't know what that was like um, to be a father. I always wanted to be a father, um, but I didn't succeed because um, I always ran to drugs and alcohol for everything. Um, I went to my first rehab around uh, 24, and um, it just never worked. Secular things never worked for me. Um, nothing ever worked for me. It was just, uh, I always ran back to the drugs no matter what. And um, I actually found this place uh, from a friend who I met through a rehab. Um, I came here in 2020. I did it for my kids. I did it for my family. I did it for, you know, my kid's mother. Um, I didn't do it for myself. And um, I had left after eight months. And uh, I relapsed not even a month later, um, which wasn't a surprise to anybody. Um, so I moved back to Florida. And within 24 hours, um, I, was in a, uh, I was in a drug house, uh, which brought me back. My sister said, you know what, I'll give you one more chance, come and live with me, and um, I'll try to help you. And I said, all right, you know, I'll, I'll try, whatever. I didn't need it. A week later, I was drinking and using, and uh, eventually she said, listen, I'm gonna buy you a plane ticket, you gotta go back to Teen Challenge. So I was like, you know what, I surrender. You know, I'm done. You know, I want my kids in my life, um, and I'll do anything, you know, for it. I just surrender my life to God, that's what I have to do. Um, so when I first got there, I did, actually. I, I cried at the altar. Um, some things had happened to me, and uh, I just surrendered my life. I said, I'm done. I said, I give it to you. You know, Jesus, my life is yours. Do what you want. And uh, let me tell you, since I've been in there, I have been tested every step of the way. Um, I, had a, uh, I had a seizure when I first got there. Um, I don't know if you guys remember the Brockton Hospital fire, um, but I was actually in there, uh, and I had to be evacuated. Um, so that's just kind of, you know, kind of my luck. Um, so I, we got out. We did a choir in Maine um, about a month later. This was about seven months ago. And I called my sister, uh, called my mom. I was like, hey, you know, how y'all doing today? You know, my mom was like, oh, I'm good, you know, and she just didn't sound right. Um, so my sister took the phone and was like, you need to call your mom as much as possible. And I said, what's going on? You need to tell me. And they were reluctant to tell me what was going on. Uh, because they know me and my mom have been best friends since, since I was a little kid. And she goes, listen, mom's on hospice, and they gave her six months to live. 
Um, and I said, all right, I'm done. I said, I'm cool. I said, I'll go back to Florida and run like I always did. And um, my mom grabbed the phone and was like, listen, my dying wish is for you to stay up there, get your life right, and do what you need to do. And um, of course, I mean, I have to listen to that. Um, so I did. I stayed and uh, I pushed through and people are like, I don't know how you're even still here. And I'm like, it's not me. It's certainly not me. I don't take any credit for anything. Um, so about a couple weeks ago, um, it was about 9.15 at night. Um, got a call. Somebody was like, yo, Cody, you need to take this phone call. And I've been preparing for myself as much as you possibly can. You can't really prepare yourself for t that type of thing. But I tried. I got it in my mind. And um, I'm like, all right, well, <clears throat> here it is. And uh, it was actually my mom bawling her eyes out. And I'm like, mom, are you okay? She said, listen, your sister just died. And, um, you know, I just remember her crying her eyes out. And she's like, you guys were supposed to bury me. I wasn't supposed to bury one of you guys. And um, I started bawling my eyes out. And I'm like, okay, all right. You know what? I'm not going to run again. That's been my whole life is running, 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 running. Um, so I stayed. I cried. I had my brothers behind me. Um, and I have a peace that passes any understanding. I know nobody understands that. Um, and today, every single, every single day of my life, my prayer still consists of continue to break me, God, and mold me into the image of your son. Um, the day, the day after, um, the day after it had happened, it was a Saturday. The day after it had happened, um, we went on a choir and, uh, Tony and them were like, you know, you don't have to do anything. I said, you know what? I said, I'm going to pray. I praise God for the last seven months on choir. I said, I'm going to praise God in the valley just like I am on the mountaintop. So, thank you. So, the verse that I stand on is Genesis 50, 20. Um, what the enemy meant to harm me, God turned for good in the order of saving of many lives. Because everything that I've been through, I'm going to put to use one way or another to help somebody else. And that's, that's what I like to do. So, I appreciate you guys, church. Thank you. phone call in Maine <clears throat> and the one before we, when we were in Pembroke. We love you. This next song that we're going to sing is called Who You Say I Am. And it states that who the sun sets free is free indeed. Amen. You guys will rise.
child of God, yes I am. Good morning, church. My name is Wayne. I'm 36. I'm from Cape Cod. Um, so I have a tattoo on my arm that says Born to Lose, and it's a bad poker hand. Those are the hands I was dealt in life time and time again. Um, my mother had a lot of mental health issues, so when she had me, um, she was deemed unsafe to raise me, and the state took custody of me. They put me in a system where I'd be physically, sexually, and mentally abused every stop along the way. Um, Actually, about three blocks over from our campus in Brockton, I was in a foster home, and uh, I was about seven or eight years old, and I was outside playing with one of my foster brothers, and I, we were playing with squirt guns, and a, a random drive-by occurred, and um, my foster brother's body got riddled with bullets, and I'm looking at the squirt gun and looking at his body, and just traumatic event after traumatic event. When uh, my mother did get custody of me back, as I said, she had a lot of mental health issues, so she was constantly trying to commit suicide. Uh, she would swallow 120 clonopins, drive a car off the road doing 60. And um, so I spent most of my childhood waiting for my mother to pass away or wondering why she didn't love me enough to stick around. Um, so I found my first escape at nine, which was marijuana. And I was chasing the next high ever since. Um, that led me to spend my whole life in the system foster homes, residential programs, juvenile detention centers, county jail, state prison. I got 11 years behind the wall. Uh, when I came home in 2013, this is just a small snippet of my story. This is pretty much how my whole life has played out, though. In 2013, when I came home from prison, in eight months total, my brother got murdered, my father died, my mother went in a coma and passed away, and my girl of 10 years walked out on me. Um, up until that point, I'd like to think that I was pretty good at taking a beating. I used to tell myself that, uh, you know, there's no up without down, there's no left without right. So, you know, there's no joy without sorrow and that I was meant to cry and suffer so that my family could laugh and smile. You know, that's what I told myself to keep on keeping on for, you know, 20 something years. But uh, at that point, everybody that I was bearing the burden for was ripped out of my life. So I had nobody left to take a beating for. So my knees buckled, I stuck a needle in my arm for the first time, and I ran out to Boston, and um, you know, I just got lost in the chaos out there, the ripping and running. They say in every curse is a blessing, and so I was doing a small bid in South Bay, and um, that's where I was attracted to the light of God for the first time. It was in a two-time murderer. This guy had done 15 to 25 already for murder. He came home and murdered somebody else. So at one point, this guy had no respect for life at all. And um, it was in him that I seen the light of God. Uh, this guy was never going home. And there was people that were there for domestics that were going home in three to six months, whatever have you. And they were ripping their hair out. They were stressed out. They were walking around with their head down. This guy was never going home. And I'd never seen him have a bad day. I'd never seen him argue with anybody. I'd never seen his shoulders slumped. He was hosting Bible studies on the unit. He was buying people canteen that didn't have food. And um, he never even tried to minister to me or pour into me. And I could see the light from afar, from across the unit. And uh, it attracted me. And uh, I, I always knew that Christians were the happiest people, you know, on the planet. But I just looked at them as like civilians. I said, they don't come from where I come from. They don't been through what I've been through. You know, I can't have what they have. And I could relate to this guy. And uh, so I said, you know, maybe if God worked for him, God could work for me. So I went back to my cell reflecting a little bit. Let me back step a minute. So I noticed that every single where this guy went, he had the Bible in his hand. Whether he was going to the phones, whether he was going to the shower, whether he was at chow, every single place he went, he had the Bible in his hand. And so I went back to my cell, reflecting a little bit. And at that point, I realized that God had been in my life the whole time. Um, no exaggeration. I've overdosed over 50 times. I'm not even counting some girl's bathroom on the side of McDonald's. I'm talking about waking up in the paramedics or at the hospital over 50 times. I stopped counting at that point. And I know too many people, too many people um, who've overdosed once or twice and they're not here no more. You know, that's divine intervention that God kept bringing me back, that I'm still here. 
And uh, he has a purpose and he has a plan for me. It's not to keep sticking a needle in my arm or to keep ripping and running and spending the rest of my life in jail. So I wound up at Teen Challenge. And honestly, at first I went there to uh, get sober and declare my court cases. I went there with five open cases and five warrants. And uh, that got cleared up real quick. Within the first three months, I haven't had an urge, thought, a desire to get high for the first time in my life. So addiction. Thank you. So at that point, addiction was no longer a problem in my life. Um, all my court cases got cleared up. They all got dismissed. So I was no longer there for my addiction or my court cases. I was there because for the first time in my life since I've been nine years old, I've been not chasing the next high. And I'm not out committing, you know, terrorizing society and committing 10 to 15 crimes a day on my way back to prison for the first time in my life. And so the scripture that I stand on is John 14, 27. Jesus said, the peace and comfort that I offer you, the peace and comfort that I give you, the world cannot offer you. And I find that to be true in my life today because usually I need to be riding dirt bikes or playing basketball or shooting pool to be having a good time. And uh, today I find joy and I'm happy making cutting boards and scrubbing toilets and doing pots and pans. You know, thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, it, whenever, whenever I get distracted or I forget why I'm there, you know, like, it's easy to look around leadership and see that, that the men that God had built up and to see what happens from, you know, Pastor Brian Doobie to Jamie to Joe to Tony to Matt. You know, it's clear as day what happens when you stick and stay, you know. And uh, all these men inspire people. And um, they're just a perfect invitation on what's on the other side of the fence for me. I don't have to question. You know, my walk might be a little bit different. You know, but we all came in that place broken, and they all set a perfect example of what happens if you stick and stay. And so that's what I'm chasing after today. And I just want to thank you guys for um, giving us the opportunity to come and share what Jesus is doing in our life, because that's all he asks. That's the only thing that Jesus asks. He said, go and tell people what I'm doing for you. So thank you guys for giving me and my brothers the opportunity to come and share what um, Jesus is doing in our life. And um, God bless you guys, and enjoy your morning. Good morning, church. Um, so my name is Joey. I'm from the North Shore. I'm from Peabody. And so growing up, you know, I just had my mother. She was a, you know, a mother and a father to me. But she provided me with, like, everything I needed. Like, I didn't want nothing or need nothing as I grew up. And, um, you know, as I got older, uh, God gave me um, the ability to be a good athlete and uh, get a Division One scholarship out in Connecticut. Uh, playing some football, and um, while I was out there is kind of when my addiction started to take place, um, started slacking on my academics, and just started drinking more, and really just partying, drinking, and, uh, and playing football, causing me to think I was better than the program, better than what I was doing, and, you know, I got to a point where I was like, you know, you know, forget this, it's like a business at that level, I'm going to go play a D3 ball and, um, you know, continue partying, you know, just have that college life. So I transferred and went to Endicott up here in Beverly, and, um, and while I was up there, that's when I really fell into my addiction more, became more depressed, um, barely wanted to play football, and just slacked on my academics, um, causing me to just drop out of school. Um, but then God graced me again with another great opportunity. Um, and I became a banker. And um, as I worked my way through the ranks, I became a manager uh, for TD Bank out in Salem. Um, but while I was there, I couldn't get a handle on my, my, my addiction. You know, I was a full-blown alcoholic at that point. I was uh, keeping nips in my, uh, in my drawer just to make it through the day. You know, I would start my day off with a nip and, um, and just continue the day to the point where um, I woke up four days later in a coma from mixing clodipins and alcohol. And, uh, and through the power of prayer, you know, I'm here today. Because while I was in that coma, my sister would take everybody and pull them to the side and uh, just ask them, you know, can you pray for me and my brother just to get through this? She grabbed anybody that was going through the waiting room and uh, just became a prayer warrior. And I woke up, you know, through the grace and mercy of the Lord, woke up. 
And then, you, you know, you would have thought it would have ended there, but it didn't. Kept ripping and running. Um, still in my addiction to drinking. Was going to church with my sister on, uh, you know, on Sunday, but sinning all week. Go to church on Sunday, sin all week. It's like, yeah, I have a relationship with the Lord. Like, I'm good. And, um, you know, one night I wake up, blacked out from another drunken night in a jail cell, not knowing what happened. And I got into a fight that night. And now I was looking at 15 years in jail and went straight from there to jail. Spent almost two years in jail. Um, finally was able to bail out. And, um, but the whole time I was in jail, my pastor, my church, my sister, they kept praying over me. I would do Zoom calls on the block and they would just pray for me each and every day. And like, you know, the, the Lord's with you, Joey. Like, just keep pushing through, keep persevering. Um, all this is for his plan for you. And um, they told me about Teen Challenge. And so when I finally made, made bail, within uh, four days, I came straight to Teen Challenge. And I could have ran, but I didn't. Some told me to stay put, you know, let them, let them work in me and through me. And I stayed for seven months, fighting my cases. Um, so I go to court past the barriers past October. And uh, the judge is looking at me. He's like, you know, I'm going to... I'm not gonna put you away for that, for those years. He's like, I'm gonna release you to the program. He's like, I'm gonna let God finish what he's doing in your life. So instead of... <laughs> instead of going away for 15 years, he's like, I want you to graduate the program and I'll give you two years probation. I just graduated the program on Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. So I got... And, you know, through all that, I just, I learned that, especially at Teen Challenge, that all those hardships I went through were just, were building my character, the perseverance, um, the ability to be patient, to be still, and allow him to work in my life, to see, you know, the plan that he had for me, because we serve a good God, and he has nothing but greatness for all of us, um, and it just built me up to be a, a greater soldier for his kingdom, um, and Another reason why we're here is, as you'll see on your seats, we have these prayer cards. Um, and in these prayer cards, you know, if you just want to fill out a prayer, me and my brothers, we pray over them every Sunday. Um, but you could also fill out your information as well. And uh, my last ministry before I moved to program development was the call center where we'd call you up, you know, and, and I would pray for you. And uh, even at Teen Challenge, you get disciplined. Uh, if you, you know, so like I had to learn hardships through Teen Challenge as well. But to, to transform and being on discipline, at first I looked at it like it was just a problem, but it was just creating greater opportunities to grow my relationship with the Lord, get into the Word, you know, know His teachings. And then when I was ready to go to the call center, I was ready to pray for people. And the power of prayers through the roof to be able to just help somebody get through the day and let them know they're not alone. God's got them. We got them, you know. And so... It's just a beautiful thing to share those moments with people. So I definitely suggest, uh, you know, fill out the prayer card. Um, we'll definitely pray for you. If you need prayer in the back, we'll pray for you as well. And a scripture that I stand on is Romans 12, 2. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind to prove God's good, acceptable, and perfect, perfect will of God. And um, that's what I had to do with Teen Challenge was renew my mindset. Um, to train every day so that when I came to church on Sunday, I was participating. I was playing in the game. I wasn't just there. Um, so it's, you know, Teen Challenge has been a great vessel uh, to transform not just me, but the men up here. Uh, so thank you again, church, for having us. God bless. And all glory be to God. actually going to, um, we're going to take a moment and uh, Joey's going to pass around some pens, Joey and Steven. Um, if you guys need a pen and want to fill out a prayer card, uh, I'd ask that you please raise your hand and uh, they're going to walk and bring you guys some pens and we're going to, we're going to go ahead and collect those at the end of the service or you can hand them straight to Joey and Steven as well. Anybody need a pen? We are going to sing one more song. 
And after you guys finish filling out your cards, we would ask that you uh, stand with us. This last song that we're going to sing is called Egypt. And it talks about how God has a promise for us. He's got a promise land for you. And he wants to pull you out of it. And it's right there for us. It's right there for the taking. All you have to do is accept him into your heart and allow him to be the Lord and Savior of your life. So we're going to sing this song called Egypt, and I pray that deliverance over your life today.
All right. I am Southern. You know, we move a little slower than most, but we're going to get through it, okay? I promise. I know it's getting close to lunchtime. Again, Pastor Brian, Pastor Jamie, Stacy, and Becca, thank you so much for having us. Again, Christian Fellowship Center, it's a, it's a joy to be in the house of the Lord, uh, to fellowship with you guys today. Um, a little bit about myself, you know, I'm Matthew Corbin, I'm 30 years old again, I'm from Savannah, Georgia, and uh, the Lord delivered me from a fentanyl addiction, um, but that was just the tip of my iceberg. Um, and what Adult and Teen Challenge did for me was it gave me the opportunity to renew my mind. You heard Joey allude to it. You know, we renew our mind uh, through prayer, through the Word of God, um, through fellowship, encouragement, and support of our brothers around us. Um, so I was able to renew my mind. But through that renewal of the mind, I found a million other ways that I fell short just besides my drug addiction. Right, I realized that um, that I have trust issues because of the way that my family used to treat me, the way my stepfather used to abuse me and stuff like that. So the people that I loved that were close to me, I couldn't trust them. So it was hard for me to let other people in um, and allow them to see into my heart and let me work on the things that God wanted to clear out of my life. Adult and Teen Challenge gave me that space. Um, gave me that space to grow with the Lord. And that's the most important thing that Adult and Teen Challenge does is it gives you the opportunity to have a relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, I'm up here to testify to the goodness, grace, and mercy of God upon my life. I know we've all done things that we're not proud of. So the life scripture that I stand on is Psalm 30, verse 5, and it says, For his anger lasts only a moment but his favor lasts a lifetime. Amen. That weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes with the morning. And I pray that that is true in your life, as I've seen it to be true in mine. That was a promise from God that I held on to through the darkest times in my program. You know, losing people, losing friends, um, almost losing my daughter, all sorts of things. But I knew that walking with Jesus, that there was a new day on the other side. And I held to that. And sometimes all you can do is just stand. That's it. Sometimes you can't even move forward. But in Ephesians, it tells us when you've done all that you can do to continue to stand. Right? And that's what I did. And, you know, my chin may have dropped every once in a while. But Jesus picked that thing right back up again. Amen. Amen. So I'm here to talk to you guys about a few ways that you can uh, support the ministry because it is a ministry. We're not supported by the government. This is one of our, me personally, this is my favorite thing to do is come out to churches um, and fellowship um, because there's nothing like um, a bunch of random people from all different walks of life, colors, ethnicities, um, speaking different languages, coming together, and it's only possible through Jesus. And I love that. I love that about the church, that we could go to Africa, we could go to Russia right now and find something in common with the people there. And it's the uh, Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, so we're not supported by the government. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you um, for a few ways, if God puts it on your heart, to help us today. Um, we already talked about the prayer cards, and uh, we're going to collect those at the back. As well, you see some, some very finely dressed gentlemen in the back wearing white shirts and ties. That's us. And uh, I would pray that you would give, um, give them your prayer cards today. Um, that's one of the ways. Uh, the second and the most important way for us is there's a dollar a day sponsorship um, that is available because a lot of us have lost everything by the time we've gotten to Adult and Teen Challenge. We've burned bridges. Um, we've lost relationships, etc. And most of us have nothing by the time we get there. And so there's no way for us to pay for rehabilitation, and rehabilitation is expensive. And what the Dollar Day Sponsorship does is it offsets the cost of a student to come into the program and then also to stay in the program. Um, it's $30 a month, or you can pay for the whole year up front, which is $360. Um, please come see me at the back if you have any questions. Um, you can actually fill out that information inside your trifold, 
This is what the trifold looks like. We put one in every seat. Um, but if you need any more information, please come and see me about that afterwards. Um, the next way, and uh, I did talk about it at the beginning, but we do offer vocational training for the guys that come through our Brockton campus. Um, this is my friend Joey. I call him, this is Joey the model. Handsome fellow. Thank you, my friend. So we actually hand make these cutting boards. This one you cannot buy. This one is specially made uh, for Pastor Brian uh, and the family of uh, CFC. Um, but this was engraved. Uh, we actually, our Worcester campus does custom engravings and stuff like that. So if you guys see anything that you like, you know, please come and talk to us about that. I'd be happy to give you more information. Um, but we do hand make these cutting boards and we also use them as a fundraiser. Um, so we do have a table in the gymnasium um, and each one is handmade and also has a, another testimony of recovery that's attached to it um, that you can scan a QR code and see another story if you were touched um, in some other way. Please come and see us back there as well. Um, in the last way, you know, we just ask that you pray for us. Um, if you see us around and you want to talk to us, we're happy to share our stories. Um, I know that there was a lot, a, a lot of guys up here, and each story is unique and um, different and significant. Um, and we're trying to help people just as best we can. Um, and that's what we're called to do is help the next person that's behind us. Um, so I'm going to end up, I'm going to close out the service. Um, I'm going to pray for us. And then, uh, so if you guys will rise and uh, we'll pray in the presence of a holy God. Um, Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, we thank you so much, God, for this time. Lord, we come to you individually and together as a whole, Lord, unified under one cross under one body, under one spirit. Um, and we glorify you, Lord, Lord Jesus, the name above every other name, that every tongue shall confess and every knee will bow, that you are our Lord and Savior, Lord. And we thank you for all that you've done for us. We thank you for all that you're going to continue to do for us. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing here in our hearts and in our minds. Lord, help us to just be your hands and your feet Help us find joy. Help us find peace. Help us find love. And when we found that for ourselves, Lord, help us extend that to those around us. Lord, we thank you for, our, for your forgiveness, for what you did for us on the cross, and what you're going to continue to do here. I pray a blessing over the ministry of Christian Fellowship Center over Brian and his wife, over Jamie and his wife, Lord, that you can continue to be their guiding light and you continue to anoint them, Lord, to preach your word in spirit and in truth. We love you so much. It's in your holy and precious name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys.